I've got to be honest, I think that a lot of the time they don't seem to like you. There's a lot of hard work and there'll be, it's blood, sweat and tears. I don't know, you know, if I suddenly get a guitar out, is, is it believable? 23. Well, that's really sure. This is Your Welcome America presents Totally Scott Lee, episode 7. I am Ben. I'm Fraser. Fraser like Razor. And we are at the penultimate week of recapping and reliving the MTV UK classic reality show, Totally Scott Lee. And you can watch along, I guess, with one more episode because they are still on YouTube. She hasn't done it. She hasn't taken it down. Still... So, for the uninitiated, I mean, it'd be weird if you started an episode seven with us, but hey, it's a goodie. Let's tell you what the show is about. Totally Scott Lee follows Lisa Scott Lee from pop supergroup Steps as she tries to forge a solo career. Along for the ride are her family, the other Scott Lees, manager Nath, and of course, Michelle Heaton. What happened in episode seven, Fraser? Well, this episode is insane because we are breaking the fourth wall. Um, We're also on the final kind of days of promotion. And also, I think there might be a revelation about someone's name, I think. (laughs) And I want to get to that with you later. That's the major news. Let's get into episode seven of Totally Scott Lee. Okay, before we get into it, I have something to raise, and that is the fact that I think I made a mistake. And last week I said it looked like in one of their many, many trips to Leicester Square, Nikki Chapman was in the audience of the Totally Scott Lee launch. I don't think it was Nikki Chapman. It turns out Lisa's mum, Jan, just looks like Nikki Chapman. Oh my God, she really, really, really looks like Nikki Chapman. In fact, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but there is a moment in this episode where she's inexplicably wearing a power suit and she really looks like Nikki Chapman in that scene. Oh my God, you're so right. So what's what's been going on? I mean, you know, full disclosure, we are recording this on on the day that Joe Biden has won the presidency. (laughs) Which is apt because, I mean, he, you know, Joe and Kamala get to number one. Does Lisa get into the top 10 parallels? Well, exactly. This is all about Lisa not only winning the popular vote, but I guess the electoral college. I don't know. I've I've lost it. But what I will say is a big thank you to everyone, to everyone that sent us the um, Lisa Scottley uh, memes to do with uh, Pennsylvania going from red to blue. I don't know if you saw any of them. It was Lisa with oh, red yeah. hair and then with blue hair. And uh, quite a few people have sent us um, a meme of what, what looks to be Lisa Scottley wearing a um, electronic tag. Have you seen that? No. What's that about? I don't really quite understand the meme. It seems to be her modeling some kind of ankle, some kind of anklet, and everyone's captioned it like when you're trying to make like uh, wearing an electronic tag fashion. Mm, sure. Why not? So thank- <laughs> thanks to everyone that set that on Instagram. And I think I saw it on Twitter too. Twitter. Speaking of, if you want to get in touch with us, as ever, go to Instagram. We are You Are Welcome America. And on Twitter, we are You're Welcome USA. Oh, also, you can oh. rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And I mean, I'm sure there are other things you can get in touch. Oh, we've got the email, haven't we? Yes. 
Yes, you know I love reading this email address out. It's you're welcome America podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and once again, you're spelt like the letters you are, because I mean, who knows what the other one is? So many long words in that email address. Clunky clunk clunkerson at clunky clunk at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, let's do the first scene. What have you called it? Okay, the first scene I just simply titled I Love Anthony Crank. Okay, I'd be more. <laughs> I've been more factual. I've just called it live cold open. Or maybe if we're in the UK, live pre-titles. It's very much a live... You're you're, you're correct. It's a live pre-titles slash cold open. I just was so floored and stunned by seeing Anthony Crank, a person who had disappeared from my mind completely. And then when I remembered how I used to feel about Anthony Crank, and then I looked at his Instagram and how now I still feel about Anthony Crank, I just had to talk about him. Who is Anthony Crank, Ben? Well, wait, wait, wait. First of all, where are we? Who is in this scene? What's going on? Then you can go, you can go Ant Crank crazy. Okay, fine. I, I'll, I'll end on him then. Okay, so we are live. Are we live? Yeah. So we're live in the MTV studio in London. And we've got the whole Totally Scotly gang is all kind of gathered together on a couple of different sofas. So we've got absolutely everyone, you know, we're talking Jans, your Scuttles, you know, your Lisa's, your Andy's, your Johnny's, your Michelle's, your Nathan's. I read that in a very strange order. And then um, interviewing them and kind of hosting this Totally Scotly night on MTV, as she calls it, is Emma Willis, uh, lovely Emma Willis, <laughs> and Anthony Crank. The man I'd forgotten belonged in my heart. So there we go. So what do you think Totally Scott Lee Night on MTV entailed, apart from this weird live show and then the episode? I think probably there were a lot of steps videos, old Lisa videos, a lot of that. And then it all led up to this live scene. Because originally, back in 2005, those those days way back when, the chart would come out on Sunday nights. So... It's Sunday night, live on MTV. Um, I also want to just describe this, visually what's going on, as well as that whole gang being there. Michelle, I thought, was particularly interesting because she's kind of like dressed for um, a, f- a casual funeral, I would say. Um, and, and that's kind of essentially what does happen in this episode. And I, I do obviously want to give a shout out to her Baker Boy hat. <laughs> Thank you. I couldn't, I could almost couldn't hold myself back from screaming the words Baker Boy hat at you because that's what I had in my notes. It just says Michelle's wearing a Baker Boy hat. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting here because she's really, really, I, I didn't realize it was her at first. I had to go back and pause and everything. So I think what's happened is we finally, they've been filming the show for a few months and then they finally got to the stage i think last episode none of them had you know they none of them had seen that episode and had a chance to react to it on camera by episode seven they've watched the whole season and they're clearly all like fuck particularly michelle and therefore i think michelle now is just trying to quietly fade into the background and not say or do anything and also we know what's about to come with this chart placement so it's a bit embarrassing for her to be there yeah she she's almost like she's gone into witness protection She's like, looks like she's in disguise. <laughs> so, um, so Emma, Emma kind of kicks it, kicks this off in a very Emma Willis question where she's just like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling calm? And Lisa just goes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Live show. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the crackling high energy combination of Emma Willis and Lisa Scott Lee, you know, <laughs> two firecrackers. Now tell me, like we haven't talked about Anthony Crank yet. So Anthony Crank is the other host with Emma Willis. He's just a TV presenter from a, a time that I had forgotten. 
he was like a T4 presenter, wasn't he? And he was like openly gay, like one of the first openly gay people I feel like I like had resonated with. So I was like very like titillated by him because he was really good looking and just like an out gay man on television. I also think in terms of gay representation, back then, if there was anyone gay on screen, they were incredibly, incredibly camp or perhaps yeah. a drag queen. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's fantastic. But Anthony Crank showed almost like a different shade or or tone of being openly gay. He's the original mask, the original mask from Mask is Anthony Crank. He created it. He really did. I also want to just talk through what he's wearing. Um, he's wearing, well, I mean, in general in this scene, there are a lot of um, light blue jeans everywhere. Just yeah. all like Jan, um, uh, Johnny, Tony, like they're all wearing them. Anthony's wearing them. They're kind of faded. Um, his are a bit flared. He's got some yellow sneakers on. But then, you know, just to dress up for the occasion, um, he's got a shirt, a button-down shirt, and then he's got a cream, I would almost call it champagne-colored jacket. Yes, it feels like he's gone for a very, a, like, a light, a light champagne, a very light yellow palette. He mm-hmm. really cranked that look out. Oh, dear. He could really crank my... Okay, fine. Also on set, shout out, and I know exactly where this was. This is filmed. This was in the MTV studio in Camden, right beside the canal, if you know Ugh. the very one. Wait, have you, been, have you ever been in that building? Ugh, Camden. Uh, no, I don't think I have, actually. Uh, okay. So, yeah, this is in like, their tiny little studio there, um, and they're all sitting... The set is, is pretty wonderful. They're all sitting on just what I would call risers. <laughs> you know what they I mean? Like block, blocky risers. Yeah, it's the it's the TV equivalent of like sitting on bales of hay at like a bonfire display or a, a firework exactly. night. I also want to talk about some of the languages. You mentioned the way Emma introduced this whole situation. They're they're really trying to soften the blow because Emma's saying, you know, we're here with the bravest woman in pop. Um also, you know, Lisa, gotta say, you know, the show's received great reviews. You're the talk of the town. Like everyone's trying to be really like like walking on eggshells. Yeah, it's it, it definitely feels like we're just we're waiting for the inevitable disaster. I guess it's that thing of it's all very well being snarky about a TV show when you're watching it or when you're like introducing it, but when all of the people are actually sitting right in front of you, they they, they had the decency to not be snarky about it. I guess it's because they know the episode's gonna destroy her anyway. Exactly, it's like all the you know all the editors when they were making episodes one to six, they're just in like a a drafty dark edit suite somewhere in Soho, London, by themselves, just like sniggering away. You know, Lisa's not coming in to watch the cuts; she's not looking at footage. Um, whereas now it's all like in this brightly lit riser laden studio, and Lisa's sitting there. Lisa also tonally here, she's it's almost like she's she's been hit with a just a, a just a mini horse, horse tranquilizer dart. You know what I mean? <laughs> You actually, you, you preempted one other one of my notes where I said, I think she's taken like a very light sedative. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm thinking like two, one or two milligrams of diazepam. So like nothing, not enough to ever like, you know, uh, impede her kind of motion or thought or anything, but it's just enough, like a small beta blocker. Anyway, we, we can't. <laughs> We can't talk about <laughs> would just. You, would you know? Would you know what? I actually know where the Boots is, quite close to the MTV studios in Camden. It's not far. So she probably nipped. In fact, Johnny, she was probably in makeup. Johnny nipped out, got her beta blocker, used his points, brought it back. We we have to get out of we have to get out of this live moment and into the actual episode. Otherwise, we could talk about just this opening five minutes forever. <laughs> okay, let's go. 
So we're at concept. <laughs> Back okay, at the concept. Next, okay, okay. The next scene, yes, we are at concept. However, I've called the scene alternate office at concept records. All of a sudden, we're in episode seven, and there's this like conference room that we've never seen before, and it's beautiful to film. And I'm like, why have they not used this throughout the whole series? But then I thought to myself, maybe they're in one of those offices where it's really hard to book the conference room. You know what I mean? It's yeah. always booked. Yeah, exactly. Especially, yeah, someone's someone's booked that out for like a someone's blocked it out for like two weeks, so they couldn't get in it to film in it at all. Yeah, oh, Susan in booking. HR. Oh yeah. <laughs> so she just she just opens the scene. Nicola, that is. Well, I mean, we'll get to that when we get to that. Nicola walks in and just says, "Hi, babe." So essentially, this whole episode, cold open aside, the whole episode starts with the words, hi, babe. It's very, very us on our regular, on regular <laughs> You're Welcome America. That's what I, that's why I made such a note of it. I was like, oh, it's us. Hi, babes. <laughs> so she's coming in just to have like a, it's kind of like a final meeting with, with Nath, just kind of before uh, the full, like last push of promo happens. And she's saying there are enough records out there to go top three if every single one of them gets bought. Um, and Woolworths have pulled out a 10,000 uh, unit order, right? I think, yeah, I think that's what they were saying. But I mean, all that matters is Woolworths are on board. Because as we found out in the previous episode in 2005, Woolworths only sell singles that they think are going to get into the top 10. And that's what Lisa wants. Well, there's a lot of Woolworths shenanigans in this episode as well, isn't there? Well, Woolies. Oh, dear. Yeah, Woolies is the extra character in this scene. <laughs> I actually, I didn't write anything else down for this scene, did you? No, because I wanted to get to the next scene, which I've called Wet Welsh Pride. <laughs> I called this scene Promo Hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we? So I, my first note is, what in the homo hell is this? Because what's happening is we're seeing, you know, Lisa pulling up to something in the rain, and it appears to be a, a, a pride festival. And, you know, we see, and it's, it definitely has to be like Cardiff Pride or something like that. We see, you know, we see some pride flags. You know, we really don't see many people because it is what I would say chucking it down. But we do see one brave homo in um, like a pair of fluffy boots and, a, and just a pair of pants stumbling through like a muddy field trying to get to the stage. Well, I think this is it's definitely Pride. They're definitely in Wales because there's a Welsh flag hanging at one point. Isn't this Mardi Gras that was referenced, <gasps> you know, a few episodes ago where Lisa, in that people carrier scene, Lisa was like, well, Nathan's going to be doing Mardi Gras the same as me. You fucking Jessica Fletcher bitch. You did it. Mm -hmm. You pulled, you'd finally tied up one of those loose ends. We made it to Cardiff Mardi Gras. What is Cardiff Mardi Gras apart from something that's very fun to say? Cardiff Mardi Gras is a bunch of <laughs> is a bunch of damp tents. Mm -hmm. Um also just want to give a shout out to some of the food stalls and um, you... you see in the background. <laughs> you motherfucker. It's like it's like you've seen my notes. Go on, say it. Okay. So we're at <laughs> we're at Cardiff Mardi Gras, Wet Welsh Pride, and um Nathan is performing. Well, Nathan's going to perform first and Lisa's going to perform. As Nathan's up there on the stage performing, a few things are going on. We see a girl in a pink rhinestone cowboy hat and she's drinking a strongbow and she's yawning. But perhaps more importantly, in the background <laughs> behind the crowd, we see some some of the food offerings at the, the festival. One is a carvery. So... <laughs> You know, when you're in like a field and you just think, do you know what? I want some meats. You know, I just want some sliced meats. You could go to the carvery or if you're feeling, oh God, um, less British, 
you might go to one of the other trucks, which has the name <clears throat> Kebabs Indian and Oriental Foods. Oh, Wales. Oh, no. <laughs> Kebabs Indian and Oriental Food. Wow. So many countries. <laughs> A racist term. Wow. Yep. I mean, and you know the people that running that store were white. <laughs> now, I, as, as shocking as the other one is, I really want to talk about a carvery at a Ma- Cardiff Mardi Gras because, okay, there's two things going on here. One, on a wet weather day, the h- hardest thing you can do is stand there and, and what is it, just sliced carvery meat and like gravy? What are they serving that to you in like a plastic bowl? Well, I was thinking the other, the flip side is, is, you know, most of the time Pride is in the summer or Mardi Gras is, I guess. And, you know, you think summer, hot weather, you think, well, the absolute thing I want is like a steaming side of pork loin served with some hot, hot gravy. Yes, please. Maybe some roast potatoes. Like, what the fuck is a carvery food truck? Well, here's what I think it is. Now, bearing in mind, I went to university in York in Northern England, which uh, the weather's probably colder and, and worse than... Um, uh, card of Mardi Gras, Welsh, Welsh wet pride. Um, and one of the food offerings in like the canteen, aka the commissary uh, at the university was it, you could have a roast. You could have roast meat any day of the week. And the sign above it just said neat meats. So so sometimes I'm like, I don't know, like a Tuesday at 11am, I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to go get like a, I'm just going to get a roast. So just to just to put the country into context, well, the, the UK and the culture into context. But here's what I'm thinking the carvery is at this festival. I think you go along, you choose your neat meat, they slice it for you, and I think they put it in a bap. Maybe then uh, you can get a bit of gravy on it. Or if you go for the pork option, maybe some applesauce in a bap. Okay, I mean, that does sound... I, well, I actually, I don't eat meat, so I, I don't know why I was about to say that sounds amazing because it sounds horrible. But I think if you eat meat, that sounds amazing. I'd probably, yeah. I'd, I guess I'd, I'd probably have more like a Indian, Oriental... Chinese uh, Thai, what was it called? Uh, Kebabs, Indian and Oriental Foods. Oh God, that's so bad. Uh, so anyway, um, Nathan, you know, comes off stage. And, well, we, we're back at work with Lisa and she's um, saying, I wish it wasn't raining because she's like, I bought a really small dress to wear. And then she's she's banging on about wearing high heels again. But again, this time at least, I feel like she has got a good point to wear a high heel on a slick a slick Mardi Gras stage, Cardiff Mardi Gras. That, that, is, that is dangerous. I mean, then ultimately, what does she choose to wear out on stage? She, oh, she wears um, a black hoodie. Uh, one of the ones where, you know, it's chilly. So she's kind of pulled down the sleeves like she's kind of like you know hugging her hands um and then she's got just a denim mini skirt on i think she's probably wearing the heels as well it's very sensible it's it's very sensible it's very like like a a girl at my uni would wear that outfit it's very i'm just at uni you know what but wait what would your what would your girlfriend at uni wear the outfit to what scenario well i feel like that's the beauty of the outfit when we were at uni was that that covered going to lectures all the way and takes you all the way through to a club because honestly, all you do is unzip that hoodie and you can be wearing a nice top and you're wearing a nice top and a denim skirt. And do you know what? It's easy as well because, you know, just you might, if you want another top, you might go get another going out top or you have a going out top in your bag, just change tops. Well, exactly. Especially if it's one of those tops that it was permanently meant to look wrinkled. You could just shove that in your handbag, bung it in, uh, whip uh... it on. Anyway, so we leave Cardiff Mardi Gras. Um, and I just, I, I simply, the last scene I called promo hell, I simply called this more promo hell. Yeah. In general, this episode was all shot, pretty much all shot 
the week up to the live show. So you can tell that the editing is as good as is is perfection as ever, but the scenes are a little less distinct. There's just a lot of promo all over the place. Oh yeah, that's a good, and that's actually, that's teed me up nicely because later on I fully gave up on trying to see where we were, what we were doing, and I just carried on writing my notes. My notes are insanity today, by the way, because I did half of them yesterday before the election was called and half of them this morning when I was insane. So yeah. There. So we're now doing electric promo. We're back on the motorway. We're, we have what I would call a hard fi motorway shot. You know, yeah. And we see, we see, um, you know, it's literally like Rotherham, Sheffield, Barnsley, Wakefield, Leeds exactly so they're they're somewhere and they're backstage and nathan's there and he, he just says to lisa's getting ready to do some some uh some promo maybe she's getting ready to do s- some tvs um and uh they've got a problem with the word vibrator in the electric <laughs> video I, I didn't know the word vibrator was in this song or was it in the video not the song no but it is in the song it's like it's like hold me like a vibrator or like buzzing like a vibrator something like that what? I like that you're also singing do 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 is that the bewitched theme tune? The oh, TV I don't show? Know. I don't <laughs> you're, know. You're, Remix. You're singing like a 50s or like I Dream of Genie. I Dream of Genie. You're singing the I Dream of Genie tune, I think. Anyway, God, is Electric a ripoff of I Dream of Genie? Anyway. What color is Lisa wearing? Because I'm I'm thinking, obviously I was calling it Halloween orange, but I'm thinking we need to stick to the chocolate theme. Is it Terry's chocolate orange color? Um, just to clarify, the lyric is, I'll buzz like a vibrator. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Um, color of dress. Let me just quickly check. Uh, oh, and Nathan. Yeah. Well, no, it's more toxic. Or I don't know what that orange is. Well, what chocolate bar is it? Well, she, yeah, because she is wearing like a brown top underneath. It's, it's, a Terry, it's a Terry's chocolate orange. Or do you think that needs to be orange and midnight blue? I don't know. I feel like it, it's more ready. Or, it's one of those oranges that my eyes look, my eye, when my eyes look at it, it does not compute because it doesn't know what color it is or where it is. Or, do you know what I mean? What about orange matchmakers? Sure. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Jesus. Like blood from a stone. Anyway. <laughs> So um, we, we're kind of flying around in this. So we, we leave the, uh, the Orange Matchmakers outfit and all of a sudden uh, we're on GMTV. We're on and Good Morning. Just good, good. What, isn't, isn't that what Nana, Nana called it? Just Good Morning. Yeah, that's, that was Nana's mistake. My notes here say, GMTV, what the fuck is she wearing? And I described it as flamenco shoulderless madness. No, but I think she's wearing a performance outfit. I think she trotted like she's wearing a kind of a red um flowy outfit that's got slits and things and i think either just before just after the interview she performed in the corner of the studio electric and that outfit makes sense for an electric performance oh does it now (laughs) you said that with with such certainty that shoulderless flamenco outfit makes a perfect sense for an electric performance so here she is being interviewed by ben shepherd yeah he is asking i think he's asking some good questions here some questions that we want to know he's like so how strictly will mtv hold you to the deal if you fail to get into the top 10 so obviously the deal was she's going to give up on her career and lisa answers very well she says here's the thing What's good about this is this is feedback from the audience. So 
it's for not just for MTV benefits, also for mine. She's basically saying, look, if I don't get into the top 10, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anyway. Yeah. And that, that seems to be the, well, I mean, they hammer it, they hammer it home like a lot of times in this episode that I think that this, that the, this part of the promo is where everyone, obviously everyone has seized on the fact that she's meant to have signed a contract to have given up music and all this stuff. And this is the beginning of what we see her eventually come up with a quite a wonderful, almost like legal defense for not having to give up music, which I think is pretty smart. Yeah. She's, she's, she's on it is our lease. Uh, Ben Shepard, do you want to, do you want to cover him at all? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was actually, I wanted to say that I did it. I've worked with Ben Shepard on a show once and he is really, really nice. (laughs) He's a really nice man. He's exactly as nice as you think he's going to be. If that makes any sense. He's a very like normal, like imagine just like a a handsome guy you went to school with who grew up and has like a really nice life. (laughs) He's like that, you know? Yeah, he's he's very kind of solid middle class, played rugby, one of the one of the rugby guys, but one of the nice rugby guys from school. And he's kind of like he's he's very much an Emma Bunton. Yeah, you're right as well. He's also like, I, I'm not, I don't want to make everything about me wanting to have sex with absolutely everyone, but he's definitely the the sensitive rugby boy that you would like, you know, he's the one that you'd be like, oh, actually this, this one, he wants to talk to me. Okay. Yeah. All the, all the other rugby guys would be like, oh, hey, Fraser, you're gay, poof. And then Ben Shepard would stand up for you and be like, hey, lads, come on. Fraser's all right. Yeah. And then I'd be like, I love you. Um, also, I once went to a, uh, at the rap party for the show we worked on, me and Ben Shepard turned up wearing the same leather jacket. <laughs> was it? Now, I'm only saying this because I know your wardrobe from years past. Was this real leather? Yes, it was. It was an All Saints uh, leather jacket that my friends bought me for my 30th birthday. So shove Aww. that up your judgmental question with your leading fucking question about real leather. I know exactly what you're trying to get at, motherfucker. And it was real leather. Suck it, Anderson. <laughs> And where is that? Le- where is that one hundred percent real leather All Saints jacket now? It's in my wardrobe in Los Angeles, California. Ah, okay. got you there as well. <laughs> so my one quick question was: Do you think anyone ever drinks the orange juice that's in the jug on the table at GMTV? The jug for our American listeners, the pitcher on the table. Um, no, it looks like a very warm uh, orange concentrate, and it's one of those jugs which is like very. Even when there's no liquid in it, it's very heavy. It's not a delicate jug. I feel like we had those jugs at school when I was younger, like my primary school. I feel like we, it looks like a primary school jug, but I, I went to a weird posh primary school. So maybe actually, well, you'll know it then because it's posh. Oh no, everything was freshly squeezed at my school. Oh, well, into your mouths. There was no jug. Yep. Yeah. We, we each had our own citrus pressing machine uh, that we would go to. Okay, uh, my final note is that I think that she's really rolled her fringe around a brush and blow dried it. Um, for our American listeners, that's getting a, a, a brush and uh, rolling your bangs around a brush and uh, using a blow dryer on it because she had a real mm-hmm. like real rounded rounded fringe slash bangs. Anyway, well, speaking of hair, she next she goes off to a very important place for us. I mean, past oh. its prime, but she is hopping over to CD UK. So I'm assuming this must be. A Saturday. Yes, this must be this. I've got it. This is the Saturday before the Monday when the single's released. So the single isn't out yet, but she's doing her promo. So yeah, she hops over to see the UK countdown UK, um, and now her hair is in rollers. <laughs> yeah, see the UK. Uh, I I just wrote our dream show all in capital letters. So yeah, she's um she's in her dressing room. She's just kind of getting ready, and then she has to get a sharpie and correct the dressing room sign because they haven't put the hyphen in Scotland. 
which I don't know if you noticed, but later on she couldn't do that at Loose Women, and they also had forgotten to put the hyphen in. But didn't oh, you... I didn't. I didn't see that. <laughs> I, I I do feel like now having uh, like CDUK to me at the time was like this mirage of like a beauty and wonder. But now having worked in TV for so long, can't, don't you just like when you looked at the dressing room sign, it was like someone one of the runners jobs every like friday night before everyone went home was to you know just print out all of the dressing room signs and do you know what i mean it's just like a printed piece of a4 paper totally just- i also think it's it is pretty amazing that they essentially spelt her name wrong you know she'd been on the show before she's been in steps like how could you get that wrong i i know it's it's insane anyway nathan's kind of just talking and this is where nathan I think does some good management where he actually he says to her, look, they're just going to try and ask you, you know, the, the grilling <laughs> very much the, the Frost Nixon kind of interview of our century on CDUK with Lauren Laverne, Mylene and some guy. And basically like, he's like, they're going to try and catch you. They're going to try and like catch you out about the whole MTV giving up music thing. And he, he has a very good advice where he basically just says like, just don't let them steer you in a negative way. If you feel like it's going that way, just try and steer it back. And he kind of says like, I know you're good at this, so you'll be okay. And she kind of yeah. is good at it. She he also I really think in this episode Nathan really steps up as a manager and he is a good manager in this episode. Yeah, I agree. He he it felt like maybe all of the fun and games of filming the show up until this point kind of he was like, oh fuck, I better actually like <laughs> you know, he just yeah, you're right. He kind of just stepped up to it. So then we actually go to the moment that she's on, and this is just a ghastly moment. So yeah, we've got uh, TV's TV and radio's Lauren Laverne, a very strange celebrity, a very strange host. Uh, Mylene is there, our girl Mylene. And then I don't know who the guy was that was hosting with them at the time. Did you recognize him? No clue who he was. Basically, Lauren Laverne, they they did a poll on CDUK and it was, <laughs> speaking of polls, they did a poll and it was, you know, should Lisa Scott Lee quit making music? And so Lauren Laverne is going to reveal the results to them the audience have voted at home probably probably over text maybe make sure you ask the the bill payer make sure you ask mum and dad before you send that text and uh she comes back they come back after the break after the commercials and they say right the the results are in and 57 percent of our viewers said you should quit music and lisa instantly screams yes and then says well that's good that's very good and lauren laverne's like wait no no, it, no, it's not. What? That's uh, not good. But then Mylene, bless her, jumps in and says, Lisa, has that given you hope? <laughs> I know. It was great because the best part was basically the audience started clapping and you couldn't, like, Lauren Levan kind of gets, like, half drowned out and you just hear her go, well, that's, that's not good. That's bad. And she's trying to say to the guy that presented with, she's like, that's bad, right? And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and good old Mylene, of course, she stepped in and, and said, you know, I think maybe Mylene had seen that episode where uh, Lisa said that she looked great in a bikini, remember? On the, on the front, on the front of the cover sun. of the sun. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that was a tough moment. But, you know, I think, again, she she does, she does handle all of this, like, tough stuff with quite a lot of grace, especially when I say on camera, I don't mean on camera on the show. I mean, on camera on a TV show. Does that make sense? Yeah. When she's when she's when she's putting it on, basically, when she's being performance Lisa. But do you know what? The mask slightly slips because in this next scene, which is a, a double scene, and it cuts between Lisa at mum's and Nathan dad down the pub. So Lisa is with her mum. What did you call this scene? Um, so these two scenes I've named Cup of Char with Jan, Down the Boozer with Nathan's dad. Perfect. So Lisa, after a long day of promo, she's she's bunged back on that matchmaker's orange um, top. Or maybe it's a different <laughs> one, but it's definitely orange. 
and she's yeah and um mum mum jan's making a cup of tea you know it's been a long day and i see the bottle of semi-skim milk that's the one with the green top that's that's brought out on the table um now jan as you forewarned at the beginning of the episode is wearing um a casual suit jacket you know something casual but you know casual but dressy well, this this is this is her very much in her finest Nikki Chapman drag, isn't it? This is very like Nikki Chapman would wear this to like maybe an audition, do you think? So that you could see the nice blazer behind the desk back in the mm. pop idol days. This feels like very Nikki Chapman auditions for pop idol. Yeah, it's like Nikki Chapman maybe after one season of of pop. Yeah, after after pop star, she's come back for pop stars the rivals to judge. I can't remember if she did that one as well, but she's she's seen herself on camera and thought, you know what, I'm just gonna dress up a bit because I'm a record exec. Um, you, know, you know what, Nikki, bang a blazer on top of that, bang a blazer on, and Jan did, and Jan's making a cup of tea. Do you, actually, do you think Jan's been at work? What does she, uh, well, I th- maybe, but what does Jan do? I don't know because later on she's she's swanned off somewhere international for the weekend because remember she comes back through the airport anyway we'll get to that I so, don't understand that bit Lisa and Jan are having a chat and Lisa and Jan's was like hi hi love how are you doing yeah how are you how are you and Lisa says that she feels shit about the deal she's made with MTV to quit music if she doesn't make the top 10 and she's like I wish I'd never made it and um, this also is a real scene where I think Lisa is really letting loose a bit. We saw in previous episodes where mum and dad, Jan and Tony were like, oh yeah, Lisa's been a bit, been a bit shirty with me this week. It, I think this is one of those moments where she's kind of snapping and she she can snap at her mum a little bit. Yeah. And, and the only thing that's obviously giving her any positivity is that they're having their coffee out of a positive yellow mug. Did you hear that little mm. discussion? And yep. then the, the mug that Jan's drinking out of, I feel like maybe everyone in the entire UK had that mug in their house during like the late nineties. We definitely had a pale yellow ceramic mug like that with like a wishy-washy kind of lilac painted on it. We definitely oh. did. So maybe oh I'm speaking yeah. And the Scott Lee's. Yeah, with like a flower on it. There's also a great shot of of Jan just standing in the kitchen, leaning against um, uh, a kitchen cabinet, and you can see the the boiler in the background, <laughs> the hot water boiler, and you also see um, a double glazed uh, door, which I assume just goes out to the back garden. She's just sort of perched, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lisa and her are chatting, and Jan, you know, asks, "What well, do you think? Some bad decisions have been, you know, made along the way. How are you dealing with that?" And Lisa says. Not dealing with it very well, to be honest. Jan also says, you know, this I found very confusing. I was look. I really hope you can break it down for us. What kind of guidance are you getting? What about the website? The kids are furious. Like, what, yeah. what's she going on about? I wrote what. <laughs> I just wrote what website has Jan been on? The kids are furious. And then I did notice behind Lisa was a huge PC. So I guess that's where Jan was clicking through what the LisaScottLee.com. Who are the kids? <laughs> Well, I wonder, I think Jan's been onto an internet forum and um, she's, you know, just been tinkering around uh, like a good mum. Maybe that's her mum. Maybe she's head of digital. Oh, yeah. So she just was in the office in her blazer. Well, she was at that big chunky PC behind Lisa. But I like the fact that I like your theory that, yeah, she was on like one forum. And in her mind, she called it the website because in her mind, that was just the one website that exists. So she'd been on the website, which is the internet. And the kids, which I believe is Lisa's fans, are furious that maybe but what are they furious about the fact that she hasn't done enough promo or they're furious that she do you think they've announced at this point that she said she'd give up music so the kids are furious that she'd give up music maybe maybe one of my other theories and i know this kind of 
come comes out later in the episode, and I think it came out after the show completely aired, was that there wasn't quite enough time to promote the single. I think she only had four or five weeks to do it when normally you would have at least six weeks. So right. I don't know if the fans are furious that she's not been given a fair shot. Feels a little inside for the fr- the fans to be furious about that though, doesn't it? I don't it know. Feels- it feels more like that's what fans would talk about now, even though it's a very different music landscape, just because you can talk on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and everything. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. fan armies and stan armies are so much more powerful and insider, you know, have so much more insider knowledge, whereas then you, you couldn't really. <laughs> what what Lisa Scott Lee stands called? <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. Okay. The Lisa Scott Mo- Lee fans. What are they uh, called? Mona's. That's really good. Lisa's Mona's. <laughs> Lisa's Mona's. We're the Mona Lisa's, like like Charlie XCX's Charlie's Angels. Yeah, exactly. We're the Mona Lisa's. Perfect. Okay. Well, Lisa, you, you're welcome for that one, Lisa. That's a that's a you can have that for free. So should we should we pop down to the boozer with Nathan and his uh, lovely dad? Let's pop down the pub. So we go to this pub. Is this a gastro pub? That's what I was trying to work out. There is a giant ornamental rock behind them. Yeah, as, um, as Nathan and his his dad sit down there, hunched over a um, a chunky wooden table. There's also um, a, an ashtray, a clean ashtray, in the middle of the table. Yeah, well, th- to me, the rock looked like a meteorite that had like crashed to Earth and has causing some kind of alien outbreak issue or something. But yeah, they, they seem to just be sitting by a large meteorite in definitely like a gastro pub in like. South London. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like a, a, a Clapham gastro pub in like the two thousand and fives. I yeah. I think I think you're I think you're on it with that one. Um, dad and Nath are sitting there having a chat. It kind of appears that Nathan's dad doesn't really have a clue what Nathan does as a job, what he's been up to, or who Nathan is. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you claiming this isn't Nathan's dad? This is just someone they trotted out to be Nathan's dad for this scene. I think. It feels like Nathan and his dad maybe don't have the closest of relationships, but MTV have said, oh, we'd love a scene where you're you're confiding in someone. Uh, what about your dad? And he's like, oh, okay. So yeah. I think, you know what I mean? I think it's a little bit set up. Like if the show hadn't been shooting, I don't think he would have sat down and had a pint with his dad to discuss yeah. his career. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Well, and then so at this point, he shows his dad the single, and his dad's like, "Oh, can I have one for free?" <laughs> Nathan's like, "No, you have to buy one." He's like, "I bought one," <laughs> but that's classic. That's classic dad who doesn't understand how like the charts work. Yeah, and the fact that that would actually impact his son's job if he just got free CDs from him. <laughs> exactly. And then they're kind of just uh, Nathan's just talking about like how stressful it is, and he says, "I understand why she cries every day." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Well, I mean, that's like we know she cries every day because we've seen it, but still, he didn't need to say that." And then, um, you know, you think his dad's going to say something really nice and sympathetic, and he just kind of goes, "Should we have a look at the menu?" <laughs> dad's hungry. Dad's wow. hungry, and you and you know that that um, the petty cash, the MTV petty cash, is paying for the for the meal. Yeah, this is per diems for sure. But did you see that the, the menu was uh, on a like a printed piece of paper on a wooden clipboard? Very gastro pub in the two thousands. Oh, lovely! Also, what they end up ordering: two hearty bowls of soup with some big, fluffy white bread. Yeah, giant bowls of soup. They look like um like salad, like a salad bowl that you'd serve a salad at like a dinner party. They looked as big as that. Like they looked like they were having to almost crane their heads up and over the rim and down to like look into the soup. Yeah, those are massive bowls. I think <laughs> I think that's just another like funky gastropub kind of concept. 
yeah, oversized bowl, have our fun soup, sit next to this rock. What's happening? <laughs> Nathan here also, when he's talking about Lisa and her career, he's like, you know, if she cries, I cry. If she bleeds, I bleed. And you know what? I believe him. <laughs> when has she bled? That's my one question. I feel like she's definitely cried and, and sweated, but I'm I'm yet to see actual blood from her. Well, later she she cuts the cake and she almost slices off her hand. So, you know, near miss. Fair, fair enough. Oh, well, okay. So next up is basically release day. I calmed down on my stupid titles and just wrote down release day at this point because I was getting a little nervous. So we start release day with just a shot of Lisa <laughs> dousing her hair in Elnet. But Elnet's still, <laughs> Elnet's still a thing. Like Elnet's classic. In fact, do you remember when Cheryl Cole um, did Elnet for a while? Oh, I do. She looks really beautiful in that advert. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, she's, she's doing her hair with Elnet and getting ready to go on uh, a TV show. We don't know what it is just yet. And she's basically reading something off of a cue card and she needs to say the phrase tete-a-tete, which she seems to have a lot of issues with. Yeah, I feel like this was, this wasn't as funny as the producers thought it was. This was just yeah. like another little Lisa-ism that they've popped in. And it's like, okay, I, I see what you're doing. You're trying to make her seem a bit kind of boring and goofy it's fine let's move on you know what i mean she's going on the right stuff so i will i will be honest i have i think i i cut maybe a a bit before where you and i discussed princess productions where we both have worked before which is where they film the right stuff but i just have to say i was yet again even though the listeners don't know this i was yet again very triggered by seeing the princess production offices um and seeing the dressing rooms that her and tony were in and seeing that studio i I felt very triggered for my like 25 year old self for i'm okay we just gotta quickly just delve into that uh princess productions office and studio r.i.p it was at the top of a dying shopping mall in west london it's also where they filmed t4 um and to get to the office you would go up an escalator and sometimes you'd be in the office and a rogue shopper would just be going up the escalator a bit lost yeah there was often a a rogue shopper lost just outside of like a production office and you're like oh that place was so weird Uh, it was just too much anyway uh, apart from me being hugely triggered by that there's not much to say here really they're just like in the dressing room at the right stuff and then you see a shot of her on there and yet again she's being asked like so you know like what if you you know if you don't get into the top 10 you're gonna quit music and I think maybe this is the point where she starts using that line where she says it's not a uh it's a challenge not an ultimatum right I think so she also um the the wait what's the host's name I know it's something right what's his name I've completely forgotten Matthew Wright. Matthew Wright says to her, um, yeah, so MTV have, you know, set you this, this ultimatum. And actually they were talking about it on Sky News today. And she's like, Sky News? Really? Oh, wow. So we, we kind of leave, we leave the right stuff and she's in the car and she's basically sending, um, she's sending out like a outer kind of SOS group text on her tiny, tiny Nokia phone, kind of basically saying like, you know, electric's out today like please go and buy a copy yada yada and i was like who's she sending this to like i was like she's sending it to close friends she's sending it to family like don't they already know and then she announces who she's sending it to she says i'll send it to the rest of steps too they'll 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 help i was like wow those those four sales are really gonna push you right through to the top 10 lisa (laughs) well she says they'll buy it i reckon now a question for you fraser who out of steps do you think bought it and who out of steps do you think didn't buy it well only one person in Steps bought it. Oh. H. Interesting. I, I, my answer was I thought Lee and Faye bought it, but H and Claire didn't. 
Oh, you see, in my head, uh, H H bought it like before he got that text because he. I feel like him and Lisa just to like chit chat a lot in my head. I've imagined that. So I imagine he was already in the loop on it. So he bought it. I think that they, she then sent that text and I can imagine all three of the others being very like supportive and going, Oh my God, of course, let's go and get that today. And they all forgot to do it on the day. Much like Jan. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that. Much like everyone else in Lisa's life who didn't buy the single. Oh, fuck it out. So where her and Scuttle pop into a, local hmv which must be the is it the, must be the one on oxford street if they were leaving the right stuff because it's that's yeah. the nearest one isn't it or look if they're or leaving high street the, kensington well this is what i'm thinking i think it's high street ken because I, I also wonder if they're leaving the right stuff and they're about to head back to windsor so you'd be <laughs> heading out of town wouldn't you well, yeah you're headed towards the m3 so yeah you could probably you could probably can pop by yeah high street ken on your way yeah you're right maybe Els court <laughs> <laughs> the earl's court hmv was that was that ever a thing i have no right. idea I, I don't think i've ever actually set foot in earl's court in my life oh can i just say the earl's court train station is one of the most confusing train stations because i don't know if they've changed it but they used to like for a really you know for a really lovely like heritage twist they would have all those old train signs where like you'd be standing at a platform and you'd look up and the old train sign lists all the destinations and then a manual arrow just clicks up and down to show the different destinations so you never know what's going on it's too hard to explain but yeah there's basically multiple places that the trains go in Earl's Court and you have to know which train you're getting on to go the right direction and yeah it's announced through a, a light up arrow system which oh god yeah, Earl's Court Station is very stressful. I have been in Earl's Court Station for sure, but I just don't feel like I've been on the streets of Earl's Court. But hey, I'm probably lying. Someone will get in touch and be like, oh my God, I have my birthday card for you in Earl's Court. Anyway, so they they go in and buy the single and they're kind of, you know, she's like, oh, get both versions. I don't know if there's like a deluxe version perhaps. And uh, she's queuing up to pay for it. And Scuttle tries to give his copies to her. And she's like, no, dad, you've got to pay for yourself. Otherwise it doesn't count. <laughs> is that true? So I was interested in that. Is that true? I don't know. I don't think that they like, I guess is there must be some way to cap. Like if you buy like five of the same single, does that discount as one sale? Oh, because that, that must stop record companies and people because Lisa to save, let me, let's be honest to save face. Lisa could spend like, I don't know what, let's say the CD singles one night. Let's say the CD singles three pounds. Okay. Yeah. She could go in and what spend like ten grand, and that's yeah. what three four thousand singles. I said the that, the math is roughly right. I, so I, I completely I, like I know you can't see me because we're not together recording today. But as you started doing the numbers, my eyes completely unfocused, <laughs> and I went off into a glazed world. I, I can't. I can't. I just can't do it. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but since the um, all the election stuff this week, I'm actually now a mathematician. Oh, you're a regular Steve Kornacki. <laughs> also, the other night I was trying to explain to someone that Steve Kornacki is basically Carol Vorderman. And then I had to explain to an American what an Earth Countdown is. And they're like, that show sounds amazing. I don't know why it's never made its way to America. And I was like, I, I think we all know why it hasn't made its, its way to America. Boring, the most boring TV show on Earth. Literally, they would have to, for it to work here, the clock would have to count down and like, I don't know, like the contestants' heads would have to explode at the end of the countdown or something. I don't know. Anyway, we're getting truly into the weeds here. Let's get back to, so actually, we're kind of meanwhile at uh, Casa Scott Lee. We've got a little, a quick little sub uh, Quick, quick little scene lit at Casa Scott Lee. What's going on yeah. there? Yeah. So Johnny and I don't know who that is. Is it Johnny's brother? Who's that that guy with him? 
I, I, unclear. I'm, I don't know who he is. He's he's in, in another kind of knockoff Hollister outfit, isn't he? Yeah. So they're they're prepping um, a little surprise party for Lisa. So it's Monday now. So it's the day of release. So they're going to throw a, a surprise party at the house to celebrate the single coming out. Super sweet. So Johnny's prepping. He's hanging some um, some sparkly decorations over um, a metal art sculpture on the wall i would say i was i was wondering i was wondering how you could describe that because i wrote hanging streamers from weird geometric wall art yes very geometric very geometric it's like That's... it's like someone on a um a, like a mac in an apple mac in like 1999 drew some squares and then <laughs> uh, yeah i, I feel like I feel like at next home like on the the label on the shelf in next home said geometric wall art perfect and they and they went all in um it's great for hanging streamers from also <laughs> thank goodness for that that conservatory extension because it is getting more use uh, meanwhile they've also bought her um a cake well they've commissioned a cake i would say and it's a giant champagne bottle because you know every episode of Totally Scully has a bottle of champagne somewhere um and johnny does say oh she loves her surprises he he really he's right he's the I mean, we'll get to it when we get to the surprise, but I think this is so sweet. And and I think he's so sweet for for doing that, saying that, and just knowing this is exactly what she would love to make her like really happy. Just literally the saddest streamers hanging from the geometric wall art is going to make her happy. And I think that's really sweet. What, once again, Johnny knows exactly who his wife is and they are very sweet together. Yeah. So where are we going? Where are we going next? Somewhere dear to your heart. Yeah. I actually wrote Triggered Again. Uh, is my next title for this because this is uh, the London Studios, also another place where I've had some very stressful work-based moments. So I said, <laughs> triggered by the London Studios again. So we're back to the London Studios. And so I'm going to just talk you through here because you know I know uh, TLS like the back of my goddamn hand. Yeah. So what's happening is Lisa and Tony are arriving at the East Gate of TLS, of the London <laughs> Studios, and they're kind of talking to security. And I think what's happened is what they don't realize is if you're spending the day there, you don't drive through the East Gate. That's just where you drop people off and you drive in and out again. What you need to do is actually go to the underground car park, uh, which is which is not by the East Gate. You don't drive through it to get to the car park. So what's happened is Tone uh, Scuttle actually has to back up out of the east gate to turn back to go into the underground car park but but unfortunately he's almost running over some lisa scott lee fans and yeah and as they're uh as they're about to run over fans one of them says oh don't don't knock over fans and the lisa says we need them this week and then yep. she clearly realizes she's being filmed and she says we need them every week um <laughs> but i just want to say thank you so much for walking us through the the geography of now a defunct london television studio and a question for you how many times over um, a, a work phone, have you had to describe those instructions to someone? I, I, I can't even talk to you about how many times I've had to do that. She's there to be on Loose Women. So we see that by her little sign on the door that's not got the hyphen on it. And then I don't know if this also, just to again, continue about the fact that you and I uh, work in television, but I felt very triggered because you know, I used to work on, <laughs> I used to work on uh, like daytime talk shows, like not Loose Women, but one very similar, where there's like some shaky voiced AP or researcher trying to brief her. And that just my nightmare would be to have to be working on that show I used to work on and be filmed for a reality show, like trying to brief the guest. I was almost very, very closely almost filmed for uh, Peter Andre's reality show when I worked um, on something that he hosted and I declined to appear on camera. <laughs> 
yeah, the briefing, it was very, very British where the, the AP is kind of like, um, so Lisa, we're wondering if, um, you'd, uh, maybe, uh, I possibly be happy if it's, if it's okay, if it's, if you're not, if, if it's all right, if to maybe discuss the, you know, that this could be your, um, your, your last chance in music. And Lisa says, what do you think, Nath? And Nath's just like, bring it on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that I've I've done one of those briefings before where I'm just I just need to ask a really difficult question, and I got I, that's actually something I learned doing one particularly horrific job where I constantly had to ask people questions like that where it was just like just ask them it and get it out of the way. Uh, case in point, how, where I had to once ask uh, to her face, I had to ask Kelly Rowland if she would answer a question about Destiny's Child getting back together, and she did not remove her sunglasses the entire time I was talking, and she didn't say anything or do anything apart from just on that question she shook her head. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, she was on to promote Commander. From here on out, I'll be your commander. How dare she, like, not even give you recognition? It's like, like, Kelly, do you know who's going to buy this single? It's a gay like us. I mean, listen, she she had me. She was so icy and cold and terrifying that I actually kind of liked her even more afterwards. It kind of made her, you know, us gays, we love, like, an iconic, like, icy biatch. So there you go. Fair enough. Okay, we need to we need to leave TLS and get to that surprise party. Before she leaves, she's outside and she's signing a single for a fan called Claire for one of the <laughs> the Monas. And um Claire she because Lisa's Claire's clearly like met her a few times and Lisa's like, remind me, what's your name again? She's about to sign the CD and she's like, Claire. Now, if I were in that situation, if I were Lisa, I would have asked, How's that Claire spelt? Is there an I? Is it, yeah. you know, like you know what I mean? Is there a Y? Is it a K? You never know. Claire with a K? You've gone insane. Okay. Surprise party. Yeah, back at Casa Scott Lee. So this is where Jan, Johnny, and um, mystery, you know, pre-Hollister gentlemen are discussing about... This is where I didn't understand what Jan was banging on about, how she'd just been... I don't know where she traveled from, but what really matters is all three of them haven't bought electric. Yeah, because Jan's like, oh, I haven't bought it because they didn't sell it at the airport. And then it just moves on. We're like, wait a minute, Jan, why have you been at the airport? I'm guessing guessing we might get a clue to where she's been later in the episode when we do our, when we we throw to someone in a different country. That's probably where she's just come from. So time of day, it is Monday night of release day. So all the shops are now closed. And the midweek chart is going to be announced tomorrow morning. So not the Sunday chart, but just like the midweek, which they would do. It's not really midweek, but um, they would do after a day of sales. So everyone could get an idea of where they're at. So um, they're driving home and uh, Tony and Lisa are chatting. Lisa, yeah, the shops are closed now. Midweek's decided, you know, it is is what it is. Um, Meanwhile, Michelle and Nathan are talking about it. And Nathan's (laughs) like, look, you know, Woolworths, Woolies, sold 341 records by 1 p.m. And then Nathan says to Michelle, I know it sounds really crap, but it's not. And then Michelle wearing what I described as a pink version of like a Girls Aloud Long Hot Summer mechanic shirt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) she, She just very casually just drops in Oh, okay. Oh, well, we, you know, on our first day, we sold uh, 5,000 in Woolworths. So this is halfway through the actual episode because we we nip off and do a commercial break before we see much more of the surprise party. Um, And and when we come back after the commercial break, we go back to the live studio. Um, Anything you want to note here? Just uh, Anthony Crank makes a terrible joke about the atmosphere being electric that absolutely no one laughs at. <laughs> Lisa I literally know. goes like, uh, and then 
then they then Emma Willis is kind of like, oh, do you have any advice for anyone that wants to get into the music industry? And you know, Lisa just gives us exactly what we think she's going to say, which is like, well, you know, you just got to have a tough skin, and you know, you just got to work hard. And you know, I think that's what I've done. I was like, yep, 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 fine. fine well, fine, no, fine, she fine. she says you need determination, you need to work hard, and Emma Willis immediately jumps in, which you've shown. It's almost again like they're really trying to just you know appease her at this point. So we are back at the surprise party. Johnny thinks Lisa's going to cry because the whole crowd have assembled then. Um, Lisa turns up in the car with Tony. She's wearing what I would describe as a kind of bolero top. Yeah, like a shrug. Yeah, that's right. We shrug. Yeah, she loves a shrug. And she's just kind of saying, oh, it's been a long day. We just got to get some food in us, haven't we? Haven't we, Dad? Haven't we, Dad? Get some oh, that'd food be- That'd be nice, Lise. Just get some food. Um, and she walks in and like she walks into the house and mum's there. Like, hi, loves. Oh, yeah. Jan asks if Lisa wants a cup of tea. Lisa goes, yeah. And then mum says, what about a glass of wine? And Lisa's like, oh, both. <laughs> I really like the idea of you have the tea, like you get in, have that cup of tea and get you get yourself like settled and oriented. Then you have the glass of wine to like unwind. I like that. Oh, and lovely. Then, and then they all shout surprise. And I I am so happy that this moment is in the show because even though they do undercut her completely at the end of it, the she's so happy and it made me really happy to see her happy because she doesn't get many chances to just be a happy person on this show. So I really liked that. I agree. It's very sweet. It's very, it's very family Scott Lee. Um, and Lisa wow. comments, she's never had so many people in the kitchen. <laughs> I know. Do you see the camera was like fogging up at that point? Cause there was so many people in there and that, that girl was wearing a very, um, kind of like the top, the top version of the love machine dresses. Did you notice that? The, of the dresses, the girls allowed to wear a love machine. It's like the, it's, it all gathers to like a, a glittery diamante detail in kind of the middle of the chest. Did Ooh, you notice that? Love, yes. Brown, yeah. Yes, do see that. <laughs> it, was, also, it was a very like long-winded way of trying to describe that top, but there's something about, I think we used to call those dresses um, in the love machine video market dresses because they all look like they'd been bought from a cheap market stall. So it was the top version of, it was a market top market top um and then they move over to the the table that's been set up with the cake on it and uh, beside the cake lots of bowls of beige nibbles party food um, love it and uh, your fave um they cut through the cake but they, they slip and they almost like cut themselves everyone's everyone's having such a giggle such a laugh aren't they yeah they are um, uh, spirits are high um and then they step outside for oh. a kind of firework display essentially with a what i believe to be the word electric written in flames this is spectacular this is not only a fireworks display it is a choreographed to music fireworks display so they play the single electric and then in time to the music rockets shoot off so um, i think I think this came from the, like the mind of a, a crazed person who works on the show. Like they told Johnny, like we're good, we should do a surprise party. And I think someone somewhere, I don't know, maybe because they were getting close to the end of the shoots. Maybe there was like this weird pocket of budget money left over. Someone lost their damn mind in this moment. And they were like, <laughs> well, we should just have a, I feel like someone as a joke said like, well, I don't know. Why don't we just get Johnny to throw a party? We'll just like set some fireworks off to, a, you know, time to go with electric or electric red in flames and then someone just took that and ran with it and actually spent that bit of the budget on it yeah because it's, it's it's pretty good it's like this is yeah 
this is pretty pretty solid. Lisa Lisa's watching it. She's she's tearing up and she just says she's watching the fireworks. I can't believe it. Like she is made up. I mean, she would have been happy with you know just a slice of a cup of tea and a glass of wine as we heard earlier. But she's getting a a, a fireworks display with her single blaring. So it finishes and they're all high as kites. Lisa's giggling and she sort of does a mini speech. She quietens everyone and she's like, guys, guys, I think everyone knows the singles out now. Oh, and then she says a great line. I hope it's top 10 after that bloody hell. She's like, oof. And then I would say possibly, not possibly, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be firm. I think the best part of all eight episodes of Totally Scott Lee occurs. So they're in the garden, fireworks just finished. And the brother, whose name I can't remember, Sexy Scott Lee, he sort of rushes into shot and says, we've got a bit of a situation on our hands. And then... A neighbor storms into the garden and approaches Lisa. What does that neighbor say, Fraser? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I have children at home and they can hear that. It's a bloody racket. I've got children at home. I live three doors down, three doors down and I can hear that. And Lisa just says, oops, sorry. I'm I'm, I'm thinking this woman's name was Linda. Linda. Linda from Linda from Three Doors Down. Linda from Three Doors Down. Well, she's actually, I've written down the exact words. She's actually halfway down the other road. Not uh, the road. That... The other road. I'm halfway down the other road. Oh, I didn't I didn't know she I, I got I got so excited about doing that impression, I forgot that she was halfway down the other road, not three doors down. Although she could be three <laughs> doors down, half that could be halfway down the other road, would be three doors down. Now, how did they get this woman to sign an appearance release? Okay, so I was uh, discussing this actually with someone else before recording. I was talking about this with Michael and we kind of came up with the theory that basically we think that someone came to like the gate of the house at the front and there was some, you know, totally Scotly, some production team member there. And this woman was berating them, like a runner maybe. And then the runner was like calling the the bus and like over the walkie talking being like, oh, um, someone's complaining about the fireworks. They're, they're really, really angry. Like, should I, like, can someone come and help me just like get rid of them? And basically the boss was like, no, 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 let them in. Because she was in their garden. She like literally, she like storms into shot in their back garden. So yep. I think like a researcher let her in. But that's not my question. My question is, how did they, she wasn't blurred. Oh, how oh. did she, how did they get her to sign the release form? Sorry, I, I, I forgot the actual question because I was so excited about that theory. I, my theory is that basically, or our theory was that like almost to let her, ha- to let her gain access to the property, they made her sign a release form. I think they, they were literally like, of course, we're just filming something. So everyone that comes onto the property has to sign this. And she was so incensed with rage that she just, her signature just like, she's put it down and she was like, I'll sign whatever I need to tell her that I'm halfway down the other road. Okay. I've got two other theories. If she didn't sign, maybe there were laminated A4 signs up that said, if you enter this you know, site, you automatically agree to be in camera. There's that. Right, right, right. Or a filming notice. A filming notice. Very, very loose. Another one could be, because this was filmed this this week leading up to the episode. This was filmed on Monday and the episode airs on Sunday. It's all about the release of a single that week. It's newsworthy. And therefore, you might not need them to sign a release form. You know what I mean? It's not entertaining. Because oh, it counts as like current, current events. <laughs> current, yeah. Anyway, oh all, all we can say legally they're covered <laughs> well so moving on so i actually this is where my notes fell apart so i no longer delineate scenes places 
I've literally just written note after note after note. So you might have to keep us on track in terms of where we are, but I certainly have what happened written down. Okay, so we we are on midweek chart day. So it's the next day, it's Tuesday. Um, There's still promo going on, but most importantly, it's the day of the midweeks. Yeah, so I think essentially here we're cutting between Lisa still being out doing her final bits of promo and we're also cutting back to cutting back to Max and Nicola at concept. So we mm-hmm. open on um, Lisa and Jan leaving a hotel room and they are having the most Lisa and Jan conversation about the hotel room saying, oh yeah, that bed was comfy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Those pillows are nice. I, I also don't, I also don't understand why they're at this hotel. If it's Tuesday morning and last night they're at the fireworks display at Casa del Scott Lee, why are they suddenly at a hotel? <laughs> no idea well it's you know sometimes nathan's in that like gothic room on the phone sometimes it seems to just be a, another location that just exists in space and time we don't really understand well they've got it they've got it cleared so we may as well use it so lisa nips off to a radio station um and i've actually split these two scenes up so i i think let's talk about um lisa doing promo first okay i can i can so, i can split that up in my okay what i'm doing here so she's at a radio station and she's there and they there the, the the radio dj asks her have you ever used a remote control car it's like what <laughs> and then lisa answers in the most gender normal way she's like well i grew up with three brothers so i have it's like oh lisa and her gender stereotypes she loves she loves she loves not breaking the patriarchy doesn't she she sure does um so then what happens she's interviewed on this this radio station all the classic questions of like oh you're really gonna give up if you don't make the top 10 all that kind of stuff so at this radio station they why did they ask her about a remote control car because lisa (laughs) then races a remote control car down a drafty radio station corridor yeah, I don't know whether, do you think this was like the race to number one was maybe the very loose concept of how they came up with this idea? No, I think it was like a shit radio station version of Top Gear where, you know, stars go and actually race in a racetrack round a field oh, yeah. and they have all the numbers. I think the radio station versions, wouldn't it be funny if we just did it in the, the corridor with a with a remote control car? Oof, yikes. I it, know. Do you know what? Nothing, nothing makes better radio than a visual race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um nothing makes better podcasts than uh talking about a tv show which is visual as well (laughs) moving on moving on to the alt scene we're at concept records fraser take it away just got the call in babe we're fucked 26 (laughs) once again (laughs) nicola nicola just charging in and starting a scene there's no setup just nicola straight in there just just bowling into Max's office or her office or whatever's happening. Babe, we're fucked. Number 26. Okay, so basically she's 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 heard it's number 26 in the midweeks. And Max is reeling. Now, okay, I need to talk to you about this moment. Okay. So Max is going, oh God, Lisa, Lisa's gonna be so upset, Lisa. And then he just goes, Oh God, Roseanne. It's bad. He's Did he call Nicola Roseanne? Well, he says, he says, fucking hell, Roseanne. So yeah, I think he said Roseanne. I think I think Nicola's name is actually Roseanne, but she's still Nicola to us. So I don't think that should change anything. Absolutely, and she is not a Roseanne. She's Nicola. She She is the essence and the spirit of Nicola. She just she's not a Roseanne. I also just want to pick up on something you said. I don't think Max is reeling. He's more just shitting himself. He's he's kind of like, fuck, how are we going to tell Lisa, who's like this long-standing pop star? We saw in you know the last episode when his voice was quivering and quavering, as we discovered. He He's a bit nervous around Lisa. 
Yeah, I think no, no. I think I think really that's yeah. You're correct. He's 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 reeling because he's scared that he has to tell Lisa what's going on. Because you know, he says like, you know, that's you know, it's worse than you know the Intenso project, and you know that didn't have a TV show behind it. So like, woof, yikes. And Not just good. to clarify to everyone, uh, the Intenso project. So that was her last single, which got in at number twenty three. Yeah, it was like a yeah that that song get it on. Um, so Nicola, well, Nicola's delivered the news, but then she just walks off past, <laughs> you see what she walks past? A giant fix poster. Yeah. I just said she drifts out of the room past a fix poster. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> fix as in P-H-I-X-X, the, the boy band, which I then went down a rabbit hole and sent you performances of the other day. I know. It was good, that performance. Andrew Lachlach, or whatever his name is. Oh, great. Um, so... Nick, but then Nicola is also trying to work out what went wrong. So yeah. she's saying like, you know, I don't know if like, you know, has Lisa's fan base dwindled and dwindled, you know, what's, what's, what's happened to the Monas. Um, Max says that he feels for Lisa and Nicola instantly says, I don't mate. I don't feel fucking sorry for her. I don't feel that fucking sorry for her. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> then all high drama, but then Nicola gets a call and Nicola's all like, Oh, hello. She suddenly changes her tune. Um, and you know what? She's, she's had a call and she gets off the phone and she says to Max, there's a problem with Woolworths. It's 15. Oh, bloody Woolworths. Now I don't, I don't want to make this about the election. Woolworths was like bloody Pennsylvania. Counting those votes and thinking we're at 26, we're at 15. (laughs) Politics. This was really interesting because I genuinely went on, because, you know, we haven't watched the show for 10, 15 years. I did physically go on the journey with them. 26, when I heard it was 26, I was like, fuck, how could it be that bad? This is awful. And then when they said it was 15, I was like, I I felt such relief. But then bearing in mind, she needs to get into the top 10. So it's still not great. Yeah, no, I'm, I did the same as you, actually. I feel like we never really talked about this, but I purposefully have never looked up where it actually ended up. So this whole episode was a complete like surprise to me because I've 100% forgotten what happened. I remember that she didn't make it, but I didn't remember what, exactly what the positions were or anything. So yeah, I was with you. I was like super nervous. Yeah. So then we go to um, a hotel conference room, conference suite, um and lisa is in there with nathan the family um she's gonna get the call about the midweeks from there so nathan gives her a bit of a pep talk and he says you know if it doesn't go our way there's loads for you to do out there together like oh all right nathan just chill out lisa's quite too she hugs him but nathan once again doing a very good job as a manager in this episode giving her a pep talk lisa appreciates it they go into the boardroom and uh yeah mom and dad are there Johnny's not around, is he? Is he off skating? Oh, he's skated off somewhere. Who knows what he's doing? Yeah. Or who he's doing. Oops. Hey, uh-oh. And then you were, the, you were the little bitch, weren't you? You were the little bitch who contacted the you, news of the world. You caught me. You knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so then Max calls Nathan and explains the whole situation. So meanwhile, Tony breaks a window. was me doing some foley work for you there i don't know what i don't know what scuttle broke in the background something broke and then jam <laughs> Lisa absolutely pissing himself about it classic dad classic tone and yeah so so nathan's on the phone to max he's like right right okay and lisa's like it's not good it's not good and jan's like 
nah, it's not good. John completely agrees. So he gets off the phone and he goes straight into it and he says, it's 15. Not bad. And then he goes in to explain the whole Woolworth situation. Yeah, um, the and then Lisa, Lisa's instantly like, it's still not top 10, is it? And then immediately Lisa's a bit pissed off. And she wants to know immediately, well, how much do I need to sell to get into the top 10? She's like, can you find out? And Nathan's like, I'll, I'll find out. Yeah. And that's when we cut back to Nicola, right? And they oh, kind of, sure do. Nicola and Max are like, okay. Nicola kind of goes, well, look, there's still, there's still like, she's still got a few days left. And then she says the phrase, <clears throat> she seems to fucking flog her ass out there to anyone who's interested. Yeah. What? <laughs> flog. Now, now we have to, that's, we have to be very specific about that. Flogging in the UK, it, is, it means selling as well as, I think, whipping. <laughs> Whereas in this country, to flog someone is just to whip them. Yeah. yeah. It's like an well, she, well, she needs to she needs to whip up a frenzy, doesn't she? That's what she needs to do. Yeah, she needs to, but But he, she doesn't mean flog to whip up a frenzy. She means go out there and literally sell her ass to anyone who's interested. 100%. It's well, do you know what? Phrase. Before she does that, she should get some advice and just check in with Nana, shouldn't she? Now, I just want to talk to you about the year that we're in and how this call was put together. I feel like there's roaming charges. How's Nana's phone working? There's there's so many international roaming minutes happening here, right? Okay. Hit me. What's going on? You need to to tell the listeners. (laughs) So so Lisa says, okay, well, we'll let Nana know. Let Nana know. So she picks it. You know, you see her dialing. She she calls. Then, you know, the roaming charges kick in. Nana answers the phone. She's by the fucking pool in Benidorm, (laughs) surrounded by men who are all these men she's with a, a, a you know there's a topless hunk on a, on a sun lounger behind her and a man sitting on her right that you can't quite see and then just a man in a pair of speedos just sitting next to her also this a hundred percent looks like a shot from the tv show in the uk benadorm you know yeah, what i mean it, it, i feel like maybe they this is what where the show the tv show benadorm came from they saw this footage and they were like we could make a tragic yet hilarious heartwarming show about this so inexplicably Nana's in Benidorm. So I think this is where Jan came back from in her power suit. I think she'd just flown in from, you know, Stansted, I feel like probably goes to Benidorm. Uh, no, I, do you know what it is? I think she, I think she drove Nana to the airport. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so, so Nana's, you know, Nana kind of goes, oh, okay. Oh, all right. And Lisa's wait, like, oh, not good. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to that, Nana picks up the phone, says hello. And Lisa says, hola. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't write that down. I didn't write that down. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, did you get the job position?" She tells her it's uh, fifteen, and Anna goes, "Oh," and Lisa's like, "It's not good, is it?" And she's like, "Oh well, I, I don't know. Maybe there's time." But then she does tell her to keep her pecker up, which again is <laughs> must be a phrase that means something else. She doesn't literally mean keep your penis up, does she? Keep your no, dick up. I think that I think that this isn't a UK thing. This is a generational thing. Oh. I think just that over people over a certain age maybe peckers your head. Like a woodpecker would peck a tree with its head. I listen. Etymology, etymology. People get get to us. Tell us where this this term "keep your pecker up" comes from. Because in my head, Nana's surrounded by men in Benidorm saying, "All right, Lisa, keep your dick up, love." Also, did you notice the refreshments they're having by the pool? I didn't. I was so blinded by all of the the strange gentlemen that she was fraternizing with in Benidorm. What what was on the what was the spread? Cups of tea. <laughs> cup of tea by the pool in Benidorm. Oh, oh. my God. That's... <laughs> anyway, once we do that, we just say, Lisa just needs some breakfast. She's starving. 
Yeah. And then very a smash cut to uh, to Nicola who just shouts out. What does she shout out? Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. And then and then it cuts to Lisa very quickly and she says, "Bloody hell, Jenny Frost is 50." Yeah, she finds out that she might be 14. Yeah, that was it. That was it. They're like, she's like, well, I, I've just found out I might be number 14. And then that lollipop just comes up from out of nowhere and she just sticks it in her mouth and smirks at the camera. I mean, fuck me, Lee Ryan is 13 is basically one of my favorite lines that I've heard in the entire show. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. Nic- Nicola, Nicola's quotes in this episode are, I think, the, what I thought she was like in the entire series. And I think it's these quotes that have like lodged themselves in my brain and made her the Nicola that I think that I thought she was. I see she's a agree. Nicola. so okay do you know what the week isn't over because we've got more promo so now again the scenes go all over the place but we've got more promo and we're also at concept records so they're at a radio station again and a radio dj who admittedly is very tiny herself says to lisa you're tiny and lisa says everybody says that and it's (laughs) it, it it was she's a bit exasperated when she says that because it's like what do you say when someone says that to you? Know, well, like, it's like um, it's like with uh, a couple of our friends who are very tall, especially one of them, to Matt. Like everyone just comes up. I've been there, and people just come up to him and go, "You're so tall," and he's like, "Yes, I know. It's like, <laughs> I'm aware of it. I've been tall for a really long time. Yeah. It's very irritating." So yeah, this is kind of a whirlwind. This section, isn't it? So there's that, and you know, they they just kind of launch straight into an interview there. Then all of a sudden, are we? back at concept but they're listening to lisa being interviewed on capital radio right by richard bacon by by richard bacon rb i don't know why i shortened it to that but i just did (laughs) being interviewed by bacon the baconator (laughs) Uh, sorry i I feel very strange This, this day has been a lot um and basically he's just reiterating yet again i mean his is one of the harshest lines of questioning where he basically says so you've agreed that you'll never you know perform ever again in the uk and i was like okay i don't really think that's what anyone thought was gonna happen at rb all right yeah Ooh, RB Nick- also stands for richard blackwood remember him oh wait a minute what was his one two three four get with the wicked can i get a chicks get with it can i get a fellas you know rb runs the show Perfect. So, yeah, Nathan Max are listening to this Richard Bacon interview. And yeah, Richard asks that very severe question, which is incorrect. And Lisa's like, no, that's that's not what that's not what we're saying. So yeah. then it cuts to either the next day or late at night at Concept Records. And Nicola is running the show here. She's sitting there sounding off to Max and Nathan. And she says, I always said from the beginning, I thought it was insane to release Lisa's single on that date with only five weeks promo. I've always said that. And I just want to say what we've achieved in a five week window with or without this fucking TV show is phenomenal. (laughs) I mean, she's truly, everyone's reached the end of their rope with this show, haven't they? They're openly now just bitching about being on the show whilst being filmed for the show, which is very, very funny. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then nicola also starts talking about other territories she's like but you know what it hasn't worked out here that's fine but you know what let's take this girl let's go abroad let's make some money with her and they're talking about releasing singles and albums across i don't know europe i guess i don't know dubai that's where she ends up maybe that's how she maybe this is the, the path to dubai that happened after this show ah the totally scott lee the path to dubai that's the (laughs) second season that never happened and then the scene ends with Nicholas saying, who cares about an idea originated at a press office? Let's move on. Fuck them. End of episode. <laughs> I mean, truly just 
yeah, she she's she's a star. What can I say? She's a star. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. So we're back in the studio and my first note just says, fuck me, this is painful. <laughs> so to clarify, we're back in the live studio, the live, the live wraparounds uh, at MTV Camden. <laughs> wraparounds. Fuck off. <laughs> it's time to announce where Lisa gets into the chart with Electric. Okay, it's happening live. So what's happened is they've, they've, because the chart would always happen between four and seven. So I don't know what time it is at MTV, but Lisa, we've kept it from you all day. You don't know where you've gone in, but I can tell you there are five new entries in the top 20. So then what happens is they pull out an envelope and the lights kind of go go dark, like it's an episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, it's, it's very much the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> They open up the envelope and they say, Lisa Scott Lee, your single electric has entered the chart at number 13. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. Oh no. Oh, she's like, oh great, yeah, okay. And everyone like trots over and the, oh, they do it, they do a confetti drop, which is like a sad amount of confetti, and it's also that thing of a, a studio show where you don't have an audience. So it's just the crew clapping. So it sounds like this. Woo! Just one, enth- one enthusiastic floor manager and camera operators not willing to clap along. So yeah, so basically this is really just where this episode kind of limps to an end. Uh, so the confetti is still falling. Everyone kind of comes around. Lisa gets handed another bunch of crinkly flowers in cellophane. Did you notice that? I did from Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, she's going to get great use out of them. They're going to be in a vase straight away when she gets back and she's going to be arranging those bad boys. And then basically Emma Willis kind of turns to camera and she's kind of giving like a wrap up of everything that's going on. And she explains that um, the cameras are going to follow Lisa for one more week so that the next episode, the final episode of Totally Scott Lee is going to be kind of the aftermath of what has just happened. So just real quick, this filming and like release schedule of this show is so crazy like so it's basically like we started all the way back in the beginning you know a year ago with her finding out her single did so badly and then it's all of a sudden we jumped to the putting together the new single and it's all, i can't believe the way it was like released and caught up with itself to its own live show to watch episode seven to then be announcing at the end of the live show that the next episode is going to be next week and it'll be everything that happens after this moment exactly now i know right it's very, I pity the production manager who has to put, had to put that calendar together. Oh, that calendar. That makes me feel sick thinking about that calendar, that edit <laughs> schedule as well. <laughs> Something else that happens here as Emma Willis is wrapping up. She says, we still think 13's great. <laughs> Emma, just Emma, stop. <laughs> just leave it alone, Emma. <laughs> now, now, because as you just described, uh, the episode eight, next week's episode in 2005. Oh, God, I'm jumping all over time zones and calendars. <laughs> Sorry, production manager. Um, because none of it's been shot yet, there's no kind of coming up next week or no next time until this got leaked. So, what I did was I just very casually flicked through episode eight just to give <gasps> a little tease. Okay. You liar. How could you do this to me? I know. So the two things I want to bring up, there's behind the scenes of the live chart reveal. So there's behind the scenes at the MTV studios and it is fucking tense. I will tell you. Oh, so it's like the actual aftermath of what's just happened. Well, it's, it's all, it's like 
the live stuff was all happening on the Sunday. So it's all like the lead up to the live where they're talking through what this, what the script's going to be and what's going to be in teleprompter on auto cue. It's tense. And one of the reasons it's tense is the night before Lisa was up in Glasgow, shout out. And she was going to a gay club called Bennett's, which I've been to. And she's doing what? promo Bennett's. 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 <laughs> Why is she, it called Bennett's? What a stupid name for a gay club. No clue. No clue. And so basically she was up late the night before and didn't have much sleep. So that was also maybe another reason why she was a bit kind of drowsy in this episode. Dead, anyway, dead grumpy. Dead grumpy. She's just tired. Um, so that's all coming up on next week, the final episode of Totally Scott Lee. Oh my God. So every, obviously every week we give the episode, it's totally something. Mm-hmm. What's your totally this week? Mine was totally 13. Oh, okay. Factual. I'm Mine always just... factual. Mine's your, I'm factual in this one. You're fun. What's your fun one? Mine was just totally Nicola. Oh. <laughs> because truly, this wasn't even an episode of Totally Scott Lee. This was an episode of Totally Nicola. And I, again, and I guess in brackets, it's Totally Nicola, open brackets, Roseanne, close brackets. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> That's the spinoff that should have been. So thank you as ever for listening. Um, Do get in touch on Instagram. You're welcome, America. Do get in touch on Twitter. You're welcome, USA. Watch along on YouTube for our final, final week of this. And yeah, I guess we're going to see you next week for the final episode. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. I've got to be honest. I think that a lot of the time they don't seem to like you. There's a lot of hard work and there'll be, it's blood, sweat and tears. I don't know, you know, if I suddenly get a guitar out, is is it believable? 23. Well, that's really shit.